Hey, welcome to Street Fight Radio, the number one anarcho comedy podcast on any station across the nation. I am, obviously, the first voice you hear was me because Brett is now, I'm 99% sure Brett's at an Erica Badu concert in Kansas City. But I might be wrong about that. It could be a different trip. I never know where he's at. So uh, that is what's going on with the different face. Uh, uh, I have with me, Trevor Strunk, Hagelbon on Twitter, one of my dearest buddies from way back. How's it Aww. going, Trev? Hey, Brian, it's always good to be here. I like, I, I can't get enough. Like uh, last time I did Street Fight Live with you guys was like one of my favorite times. So never, never miss an opportunity, dude. Street Fight Live shows are a totally different animal, but uh, also that show was very fun. People were throwing shit at us. Yeah, so. I've never had anyone throw something at me again, and I, I still have those Sodexo socks. So, <laughs> so does Brett. I think yeah. I've seen Brett with those on before. I'm like, are you really wearing those? They're tight. They look like something you could get in the '70s. They're like roller derby style. Yeah, we have a shitload of like. Uh, so we we rented a, a commercial office space okay and uh uh so we have an office now and that stuff is all there and like we never want to go there and spend a day cleaning it up because i mean we're both lazy and just don't feel like it sure so we one of these days we have to fucking just let a bunch of fans come to the place and just take what they want <laughs> You can make it like a like a street fight swap meet. Like just yeah. call it a street fight swap meet. Like bring bring some bring like uh I don't know, like potluck food and drugs and just uh just have a day of it. Yes. Yeah, I mean that would be really fun. I don't know. See, at the office <laughs> space now, uh we get emails from the landlord. Now, I don't know who else is there. I'm not very sure. I know there is a beauty parlor situation in there that I don't think could possibly be legal uh, because I think you got to have licenses. I think a lot of beauty parlors aren't legal, man. Like, I, yeah. I think I would I would put it on at least half or just like, you know, we say we're a beauty parlor, put some chairs in there. Now you have a, a storefront. I'm totally OK with that, too. Oh, it's fine. I'm, yeah. I am a hundred percent like, you know what? Unlicensed. Why should you have to have a license? Like that's from the 1800s when they had those fucking, uh, when the barber was using the straight razors and they're like probably more than one barber slit some fucking guy's neck. And they were like, all right, we got to get a fucking license in here. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, I guess, I guess beauticians still use like, pretty heinous chemicals but like we all use heinous chemicals every day of our lives like i could pour bleach in this thing to clean it out like that's i should need a license for that but i don't so if you fucking saw and, and like i've brought this up a million times like in other places and stuff but like if you saw my google news so like i basically use google news to find stuff for the show and then, so when you do that, you open up the Google app, it basically tells you what it thinks you're into. 
And uh, one, obviously, pro wrestling. I get a lot of... Yeah, I get a ton of pro wrestling news. And then I also shock jocks like any shock jocks. Right? you're getting getting all the all the dirt on uh tuna fish and how you uh, how's best to eat it no that's don't that song is illegal we're doing the howard stern episode tomorrow. i love i love how mad he makes you it is I, I never get over it it's so funny to me i think what pisses me off and and i i don't know if i went into it that much on the show but i think what pisses me off is that like radio for a period of time was supposed to have talented people on it (laughs) and i understand that like not everybody's the best at what they do i'm not the best podcaster in the world i I fucking know. know that but that guy is not the best anything in the world like he sucks and it's like sometimes you feel bad when you're making fun of people i mean sometimes never on shocktober i never have a moment on shocktober where i'm like ah gee you know i probably was too hard on that guy like you're Uh, not gonna take down man cow's way of living by making fun of him like (laughs) he's not gonna like listen into street fight and be like i'm crushed everything's over there was this time where somebody sent me this this concept for a a a live show okay (laughs) and uh you know, it was like, you know, you and you and Felix and and uh, uh, well, now it would be me, Felix and Chris. Uh, you guys should do a live show and then tell Mancow that you're honoring him oh at God. this live show. And then see if he shows see, up, see if you can get him to show up and then make fun of him on stage. And I was like, that is the only thing I can think of that's too mean for me to do because I don't have the killer instinct. And and to be fair, Chris and Felix don't have the killer instinct either. We we just aren't guys with the killer instinct. Well, you're but, not like that's like also not uh, this is to to make fun of the person who set that in, which is like it could be very funny. I totally get why that's a good like idea. But like it also doesn't strike me the same. It, it's why like I, I always forget his name, but it's why that guy, that that tuna fish guy is like so funny to me with the way you think about him. It's like it it is like you know you're listening to like man cow and there's like bubba the love sponge out there and like all these morning people who are just the worst right and like on some level you're making fun of them but also you're kind of like representing them as folklore like it, it's a kind of like like uh like a handed down sort of like a language from above and so like you know it's not that man cow it's not just that man cow sucks it's also that he's there and you have to account for him um, right. This dude seems like the one guy you don't feel that way about. I uh, just, I mean, the reasons he got fired pretty much negates any, any chance that I would ever be <laughs> feel bad for him because sure. he is, he's racist. Like he's, he's been yeah. fired three times, I think for, for like, some of the most racist shit I've ever heard. It's not even like I, you know, obviously I have thousands now probably of hours logged listening to this stuff. And it's not like I'm saying there isn't any racist stuff on the other shows, but holy moly, that's racist. Uh, Cario Mart in the chat, Cario Mart 64 in the chat said, have any of the shock jocks listened to their shock October episodes? 
Um, I doubt it because those guys are, those guys are like too, even at their lowest, way too big to, you know, look at me, look at a guy like, like Howard Stern. Uh, that guy's one of the most famous people in the world. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, based on recognition alone. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm like, I don't know. Like, it feels like for me, like, those guys are also like some people do that, right? Like Kevin Durant famously like searches Twitter for like tweets about him and responds via burner or just like his regular post. Like Crazy. you could find, like you can get uh, Tex Watson's family, the the famous uh, Manson family killer. Like if you mention Tex Watson, like his family will at you and be like, actually, he's innocent. Like people do that stuff, but like the shock jocks don't. Like that's they're just like they're they're part of like an older era where like. If you don't like me, like I don't hear you. I'm just like I'm up here on my cloud, like I'm I'm preaching to the masses. Uh, but if you do like me, I do hear you, like because you call in and you say good stuff about me. It really is like they're like the they're like the the the, the forerunners of just like I'm muting you and only listening to my fans. Um, yeah, and I kind of respect them for it. It makes sense, you know. I am like that. I don't mute people. I don't have anybody on Twitter muted right now. I don't have anybody blocked. Nobody. Like I can show that in my app. I I just well maybe I mute threads, but I don't mute or that's a little uh, different. Yeah, block people. Uh, but I also don't go looking, and and I think like that's a lot. That is the best policy out there, and I think like I know people in the camps of these shows have listened. I know that uh, uh, fucking people that have worked for Opie and Anthony have listened to the show. People that have worked for Ron and Fez have listened to the shows. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody, I mean, I had somebody from Bubba the Love Sponge on the show, but he's out with the group. He's on the outs with them. He's his old co-host. Right. And uh, he just came on because... He heard it was a show about shock jocks, and he wanted to talk about how evil, how bad Bubba the Love Sponge was. Like, I mean, that fits a, the bill. Yeah, in a no, not sure. funny, like as in, like he's not funny anymore. And then he also wanted to let everybody know about his libertarian politics, which I thought was perfect. That was one of my favorite fucking things. But the the best thing that I ever got is that a producer for Opie and Anthony, um one of the main on-air guys that was a producer sent me a DM and said he listened to the Opie and Anthony episodes and that we got pretty much everything right except, wow. for, except for one thing, which was because I said a, a, a prank call was fake. And uh, he said it wasn't fake, but I stand by that maybe they didn't put the guy up to being a fake call, but the guy that called was trolling. Him. Or like, that's, the, that's just one thing where he's not breaking kayfabe with you. Like the yeah. one real thing, like, you know, or like, yeah, wrestling, wrestling, we all choreographed it. But that one time when I like, when I beat Bret Hart in the ring, like he really was hurt. Yeah. That's easy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's rad, dude. Like that's, that's like, that's the dream right there. Yeah. I mean, I don't want any of them to hear it. It's, it's one of those things where like, you know, I've talked about this a few times, maybe on the POD cast. And uh, 
Oh, senior dinger, senior dinger. That episode is, uh, I got to, I, I, it is last year's Shocktober. It is, uh, Bubba the Love Sponge and Tom Likas. I put them together and then Manson came on with me and, and talked to us. That's, that is quite a double header. Like, Likas shares the (laughs) stage with no one. I think that's like, that's bold. You know, I thought Bubba was boring. Right. Like, yeah, like sure. so I was like last year, I was kind of like, ah, we don't have to do a whole Bubba episode. But then this year we did a whole Bubba episode and it's one of the best. It's so Bubba is beast, man. He that guy is something else. Just a real piece of shit. I he's love it. Wild, dude. But yeah, no, he is like he's out of he's out of control. But yeah, I, all all these guys, all these people we know that are out of jobs because of Bubba the Love Sponge is so <laughs> the Gawker people. Bubba the Love like, Sponge like single-handedly like destroyed the Gawker vertical, like just absolutely <laughs> nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. He, because like he didn't like how they depicted his hot wifing. Like, so so so, so crazy. Well, that it was it Bubba is the reason the tape got out, but, but Hulk Hogan uh, is the one who sued. I thought he was involved in the suit too. I, yeah, that's fuzzy. No, for Bubba okay. and Hogan hate each other, but well, yeah, that, sure. that is the shock jock stuff. And Trev, you have a book coming out. Yeah, I know. I can you talk about to, shock jocks with you all night. Uh, <laughs> you have to tell us about that. Before yeah, no, we get into sure. real street fight shit. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm like, I feel like I'm connected with you tonight. Cause I am in a hotel room in Cleveland right now. I'm like, I'm in your state. I'm at a conference in, in, in Believe Land right now, man. Like I should have driven up there to do it. You know, I thought about, I was like, someone mentioned that it was two hours away. And I was really happy they mentioned it, but it was too late. Because my first thought was like, two hours. I could totally drive down and just like do this podcast with Brian. <laughs> I had to drive back and go to work the next day. <laughs> be, be yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have anything to do, but wrestling's on at eight. And it's yeah, just no, like, I would watch wrestling with you and then leave probably. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, no. So I got a um, I got a book coming out. It's called Story Mode. Um, there's a subtitle, but you can just find it by looking up Story Mode. Um, and it's about video games. Like the 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 basic idea is I kind of look at so like I uh, mentioned Felix being on um, uh, October. I had Felix on like a long long time ago to talk about uh, Metal Gear Solid. And um, weirdly, one of the more formative episodes for this book in that like he kind of brought up this fact that like metal gear solid two is this game that is very much about like today, like everything that happened in that game is like, so like about our current moment about like reality and like how, like, you know, we're living in a simulation of a simulation in some ways and that kind of anxiety and stuff. And it got me thinking about the rest of the series. Cause the rest of the series isn't about that. And that was one of the things that led me off thinking about the direction the book takes, which is looking at these longer series, right. Or like longer genre pieces. And, um, Asking, okay, like, so how do they start out? And then how do they end up? And what happened in between to get them there? And so, like, I look at Metal Gear Solid, Dark Souls, uh, the first person shooters, which is like a really fun chapter because I get to like just uh, lash out at America's Army for a long time. I, yeah. I got to use. <laughs> I got to use the old the old standard uh, uh, line that my uncle used to tell me all the time, which was, uh, you know, he, uh, he would ask me, you know, how you know a recruiter's lying to you, and he'd say they're moving their lips. Um, a joke that only someone who retired from the military could tell. But uh, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, no, that's true. I'm gonna steal that from my book um, about anti-military stuff. But uh, yeah, no, the horror games, stuff like that. But yeah, the basic the basic idea is like I'm just kind of thinking about video games, thinking about how they're. You know, it's not like a video games is art book per se, but it's like 
you know, what is this thing and what are the politics of it and how can we understand it? Like as this sort of interplay between author and audience in the same way that we understand like TV and movies and novels and, you know, photography and stuff like that. I think like, you know, it's a, it was a journey for me to write and I think it'll be a really fun journey to read too. So you said America's army (laughs) and uh, I Googled it and uh, it's a video game where you're going into the army. And what's funny about the the recruitment thing you just said is that a central tenant of the call-in show is, I mean, it started out this way. Uh, People don't generally do it as much anymore, but is like we like having people call and tell us their military recruitment stories. Because if you're like a a dude as a teenager, they fucking want you. Although... If you're a teenager in the late 90s, they kind of were like more selective in a way. They were a little more picky, but like if they smell blood, they will go after you. They didn't, they didn't recruit me all that hard, but like I would come up with a different reason every time they (laughs) called why I couldn't do it. And it was like, just redneck shit, you know, because like people would be like, hey, man, if you take more than 10 hits of acid in your life, you can't be in the military. Like they would even know all you would have to say is, <laughs> no, I've never taken acid. There's no way to find out if you've taken LSD. Actually, those but- tabs like they're, they're in your bones, like when you cut up in a tree trunk and you can count the rings, you can count the tabs. They say that they used to say that, too, though, when, back when <laughs> back when I was a kid, the first time I did acid. Uh, I was like, what does it do? And like, people were like, oh man, it makes you laugh and trip. And which is true. It, all that's true. It's wonderful. Acid kicks ass. But uh, they also said, but like tried to, you know, these are idiot redneck fucking, I took acid the first time when I was 12. Uh-huh. So like, these are, these are kids my age, 12, 13, 14. Yeah, just talking shit. And they're like, uh, but medically, like what it does is, is it makes your brain bleed and then it drips onto your spine and that's what causes the tripping and then the reason flashbacks happen sometimes is because it once you've tripped a scab forms over the brain (laughs) and sometimes the scab breaks open and then the blood starts dripping on your spine again and that's so tight that is what I believed tripping was until way too late in life. I mean, we're, we're talking probably 20s, probably, because like, like, anyone who has a stroke, you're like, oh, man, like I, I did that. I didn't get sick at all. Like brain bleeds are cool, man. Like, did you like, did you have a trip or anything? Like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't talk anymore. Like, that's all that happened. It sounds cool. It sounds like a really rad fucking like painting that you could do if it was true it's like a tool music video it's, yeah. it's awesome <laughs> yeah but i yeah i took i took it when i was 12 the first time and uh it was it was fucking wild mm-hmm. but they told tell you when you're they told me when i was 12 like you know if you take acid 10 times you can't go into the mil. you're legally insane and you can't go into the military <laughs> And I probably took acid eight or nine times before I was 18. Probably it wouldn't have been 10 because that's just like a lot when you're 
like trying to find it, you know? Yeah. And also, I mean, you have to like, when you're a kid, you have to keep within like certain patterns to make sure no one finds out that you're taking acid. So it's not like you can just be like, Oh, I'm like clocking off for the weekend. Like your parents are going to want to know, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. are you, are you like, you can come in late, but if like, you don't show up on Saturday, they're not going to be too thrilled. I had like this really weird situation when I was like 16, I think I was tripping and uh, my curfew had been moved earlier because I had gotten bad grades. I was like in trouble. They were like, you know, you got to be home oh, at 10. Ryan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were like, you got to be home at 10. So I, I got home at 10 and uh, I had found out uh, that my brother who is running this stream right now. So I don't know how he's going to feel about this, but that he had gotten in trouble at a football game at a high school football game and uh, he was drinking and he got busted by the police and, and Nate, they kind of took him to a, a holding tank or something like that. I, I don't even Sick. remember nice. really what it was, but somebody came to my house and told me, and I was like, I like my brain is not going to be able to handle going and telling my parents that my brother <laughs> is in jail. So the kid across the street had to come over and tell my parents. <laughs> I was freaked, man. I was just like, I'll go up there and start talking about it. Like, they'll start yelling at me. It's like the whole thing happens. But yeah, I told the recruiter That's when so I was great. 18. I told the recruiter when I was 18 that I took acid nine times. I also told him that like I smoke, I, you know, I'm always smoking weed. Mm -hmm. And I also told him that I was gay at one period because this is like the the oh late. yeah don't ask don't tell era yeah yeah so i just said yeah like i'm i'm gay and and like that was in front of my parents i answered the phone during dinner it's a recruiter and they just hear me go yeah i'm gay <laughs> it was your first it was your first foray into posting yeah that's, yeah that's the first post yeah but they left me alone i never got taken out to lunch i never no. got any of that shit from the mill they just didn't want me i i think they they had like you know, they have to ask sort of thing. But I think they saw me as like, there's no fucking way this guy's going to the military. The Marines uh, called me and like my famous thing with them. Like, I, I knew nothing. Like, I was just some dweeb uh, who got good grades. But like, I would have been terrible in the military. Like, if, if I'm unathletic now, I was less, at, less athletic when I was 18. I was just like a slob. But like, uh, they called me, <laughs> like I, you know, at that point, I like shoulder length hair and stuff. And they called me up. They're like, Trevor, you know, do you think you'd like to be part of the Marines? And I was like, oh, I don't think I'd be very good in the Army, man. And he was like, we're not talking about the Army, son. We're talking about the Marines. I was like, I don't, I don't think I care about that either. Sorry. <laughs> they never called me again. I only knew it was Army. I thought the whole yeah. thing was the Army when Who I was would, a kid. If you, if you don't care, every, everything's the Army. Like, what do you, if you're not looking into it. I flipped out on a kid when I was in... I don't know. I would have been in, I probably had to be 16, 17 years old again at the time. And I had had the hairdo of the time, which was you shave like a fade on the sides oh, yeah. and then bangs on the front that like, it's coming down. back, man. It's coming back. <laughs> no, <laughs> they can't come. Not the way I was doing it. Cause the top of my head was also pretty shaved. 
right so cool like, it was short and then the bangs just came down to like my nose and i would like have... you could be in uh like static x or something like that like you or yeah 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 it was such an odd hairdo like everybody in groveport had this fucking hairdo that and guy. uh there was this time where i was getting a haircut and they shaved my bangs off and i flipped out and i just started yelling that like you made me look like i'm in the army I, I'm not an I'm not. I don't like the army. Like I flipped out because I didn't want people to even think that I was a. Uh, I I didn't want people to think I was in the army, and uh, so I was always against it. I mean, you yeah. you would watch like movies and shit and see people getting yelled at, and you're like, like, why would you want to get yelled at by some guy? <laughs> My dad set me on that path early on, where he was like, you wouldn't let us watch GI Joe. And like, yeah, it was classic sort of like liberal dad thing where he was like, yeah, the reason you can't watch G.I. Joe is because it's too violent. But like the reason it was too violent, he's like, it's not the reality of war. Like, I think like his his point was like no one's dying in the sand while like begging for mercy or like like crying or whatever. Like G.I. Joe and Cobra just shoot at each other with lasers. They go away. I think he'd be happy to let me watch G.I. Joe if it was like full metal jacket style realism. Like, yeah. like someone gets shot and they're like bleeding out. They're like, Joe, help. He's like, I can't help you, soldier, except by doing this. And like <laughs> shot him in the head or something. And be like, this is what war is, Trev. Um, but yeah. no, otherwise I can't watch it. So like, yeah, I was I was setting a bad path early as far as the military goes. So is this America's army game like? Yeah, it's it's straight recruitment. It was free. You could get it's it for free. Oh, uh, because it looks good to me. Yeah, like it's, from it's what I'm bad. looking at. <laughs> so they made a bunch of them. I wonder. I've heard, I, I wrote it. I always forget when the last one was made. Um, but like basically, yes. Yeah, so like basically, it is. I guess they're still making it. Dang. Oh, okay. So it was discontinued on computer. Um, yeah, it's been out since 2002. I guess there's a a 3.0 that was put out in 2013. I don't think they still really do it anymore. But like, um. Yeah, like you can still play it as America's Army 2 and it's still free. Like it's free because like they just really wanted kids to like play this game. I had a I won't I won't say his name on the podcast. I don't know if I don't know if he wants me to because I didn't ask, but I had someone message me after I went on Chapo to talk about the game. I think I mentioned America's Army and he said that he did some sort of like, you know, thing with a senator for for like you know, smart kids who need something on their application or something like, you know, we're the teen, we're the teen envoys to the sitting senator. We, we present him with issues. And he was like, it was garbage. Like it was a huge waste of time. But apparently they went to like a military contracting base and like they were telling him all the stuff they did, trying to like make it sound super cool to go design weapons for the military. And the senator who was like 80 was like, all right, kids, here's this America's army game. I was trying to get him to like play that instead of like Grand Theft Auto. And he's like, and how about we do, how about we, like, we, we all settle in for a game. And so like he told all these kids to play it and then he sat down to play it. And apparently within like two minutes, cause like he's an 80 year old man. He had no idea how to play the game in like two minutes. He dropped a grenade and fragged all the kids in the room. <laughs> apparently this was like weeks <laughs> after a suicide bombing in Mosul. And he was like, Oh God, like, this was a bad <laughs> idea. It just looks like really, I mean, it's so odd, man, because like, I I don't I guess like they're depending on a kid's parents that can't afford any video game. Yeah. And they're like, so we have this free first person shooter that looks like a fucking real video game. It's fairly legit. I mean, people liked playing it. 
Well, and it, it, it makes me wonder, like, what is the dialogue and stuff in it? Like, is there? Like- I don't think there is. I think it's okay. mostly like they just send you out on missions. Like, I think there was a lot of multiplayer and stuff. It's funny. So, like, uh, I mean, a couple of things. Like, the one, there's no real proof this worked in recruiting. Like, the no, uh, I forget, like, GameSpot or something had a talk with, like, one of the people who did it. Like, the guy who made it up. And he was like, oh, you know, like, recruiting was sort of secondary for us, I guess. It's, like, obvious that they're trying to, like, make it so that, oh, yeah, like, you know, this will look like Call of Duty, but it'll really be Army game. And, like, at the end, we'll say, like, please join the Army or whatever and give them information. I don't think it really worked. And like in a lot of ways, that just like speaks to the fact that all of like the military shooters basically function the same way, like both like being ineffective tools for recruiting, but like super effective tools for making the military seem cool. Um, but like the other thing is like the um, there's this artist named Joseph Delap, and I, I talk about it in the book, but like he had this really like high concept art piece called uh, Dead in Iraq where he'd go into America's army and just like type the names of people of like people who had died in Iraq. And like, <laughs> you're not supposed to find it funny, but I've always found it funny. And like, I, I talked about this a lot in the chapter and I said, like, actually it is funny. And I was right the whole time. Like, this is what multiplayer games are. Like people would just be typing this out. People would be like, LOL, what are you doing, dude? Like, are, do you need help? Like, what is this? And he just kept doing it. They'd be like, okay, like get lost, dude. Like, we don't want to do this with you. Like play the game or just like leave. And people are like it's so profound how the children don't recognize it's like no it's not (laughs) they just they get it but yeah no it's wild yeah i mean it is interesting because everybody in the chat is saying call of duty is truly the real one that works and and if any of them do yeah that's true yeah because it's a cool people think that one's cool there's like people love it call of duty cars I've, I've seen like jeeps that say call of duty on the side and i'm like oh yeah Yo, what a loot you like it's like back in the <laughs> 90s there were uh I, I i'll never remember the fucking brand of car maybe it's a monte carlo but you could buy like a a, a monte carlo or whatever and it would say official pace car of oh, nascar man, why or would you want to be the official pace car I know. Like an official <laughs> rodeo clown of NASCAR. Come on, like, I, I remember asking my dad, I was like, you know, what, what even is, I thought that people were buying it because it was in a race, right? Like, so if the official, if it's the official pace car and it was at like the fucking Marlboro 500 or whatever. That is kind of tight. That would be cool. That would be something to own, but it wasn't that. It was a decal on the side of mass-produced cars that they were selling. And I'm like, what a fucking loser car. And those Call of Duty Jeeps are the same thing to me. It's like, oh, yeah. Doesn't your car have enough advertising on it already? It's got the fucking dealership. It's got the name of the car, the brand of the car. My father-in-law drove a car that was like the Eddie Bauer edition. They didn't buy it for that reason, but that's just what it was. It was the Eddie Bauer edition of the Honda Pilot. It's like, oh God, this is brutal. No, I yeah, mean, like, why, I, why, why, what does Eddie Bauer have to do with a fucking car? It's it, that is the whole world now, though. Yeah, is, no, of course. And it Absolutely. started, it started, I don't know when it started, but like we have like basically decided in the United States and you know, this is a capitalism thing, obviously, that like we have a set amount of options 
and right. we just mix and match those options for the for the rest of our life you know well, it makes it so easy when like people start buying up stuff right like i think like one of the things about america's army that was like so interesting and like pernicious when it came out was everyone was like oh this game is like an active recruiting tool that's kind of messed up and then people were like but no it's fun it like never was a great game it was fine but like the funny thing about about america's army is like it fell down because eventually enough studios merged and call of duty became like the most fun military shooter to play and yeah. at that point like much more effective recruiting just to make it like kick ass would be fun like, like if I can get a headshot, like no scope headshot, part of me is thinking like, man, I could do this for a job, dude. Like, what if I was an operator? I, I, have a, I, I knew someone who like became like a, a, a tier tier one operator for a little bit because he loved Metal Gear so much. Like, that's just like, if you're cool, you do it, right? If it, if it seems cool. But like, I think, yeah, like, especially now when like every company is kind of like a multi conglomerate thing. You can just toss like Eddie Bauer in, like you know, oh Hawkeye's wearing Eddie Bauer in the new Marvel movie. Like I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty amped about this. Well, that is like people talk so much about the MCU as being this fucking like mishmash of basically TV shows that come out in the movie theater, right. and they are all roughly the same, but they move the pieces around, and like that has moved to like everything in right. our lives so like you swedish fish oreos those like were out for a while yep. were candy corn oreos pokemon oreos i saw right or fucking i don't know uh arizona iced tea gummies that they they just sell and it's uh, like we have like such back when you know we were at cold war with the soviet union they talk so much about like the lack of choice under socialism and mm -hmm. under communism where it's like have you been to a fucking grocery store in the past oh, you don't get a years? lot of choice have you looked at a fucking multiplex in the past 10 years yeah it was this is what's so funny about the people like saying like oh like the supply chain now we're finally gonna feel what it's like not to have choices it's like we've always had like four choices of any given thing in a supermarket, like, or you can pick like the, Ooh, this looks like an artisanal brand, which is probably just made by the same companies. Mm -hmm. So it's like, again, like it, it's, it's, I think that's exactly the way to say it. Like you're moving the pieces around on the board. You're basically like, Oh, I'll get this week. It's like when my parents started buying Hydrox because Oreo had lard in it. Like, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Like they stopped using lard, but <laughs> it's not like Nabisco is like, really, they moved a piece around. They're like, okay, now uh, the candidate is we're not using lard. Um, but also we're friends with Hawaiian punch. Like it's, it's weird, yeah. right? Like it's, and it's like anything you do, you're, you're buying into it. Like, and, and that's not really like blaming consumers for doing it. Like, what are you going to do? Not eat? Like, but yeah, it's, well, yeah. it's wild. I mean, I get excited. I brought it up. I bring it up all the time on here, man. Like I get excited when, when they mix. I love treats mix. Yeah. When they mix two fucking flavors together that are just chemically like derived, like what Reese's <laughs> pieces, cereal and shit like that. But it just, as you walk through the grocery store now, there is like a Reese's, flavored thing in every aisle there's an oreo flavored thing in every aisle there's yep. and, and it just feels it's just 
fucking weird. And 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 again, the multiplexes where it's like, oh, well, this month we get a DC movie. Next month we get a fucking Marvel movie. And they all, again, this one that's coming out, this Marvel that's coming out. Eternals. Oh, the Eternals. Yeah. This is the indie Marvel. Right. Movie. Yeah, exactly. And like with, with all of the hallmarks of it where people are like, wow, you're hating on this movie. It kind of shows that you're not very cultured. Like, yeah. it's like everyone gets to be like super highfalutin about it to be like, this is the one maybe you don't get if you're not willing to, to come at it halfway. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's, it's sort of like it's sort of like a wrestling stable in the 90s when they were like, oh, we need a clown like clowns are in or like we need we need someone who's like a little femme or like we need we need a, a Russian like yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you just toss it in. Here's here's something funny that just happened in the chat. Dead pixel. And TJ Borg in the chat both got possession charges in a PT cruiser. <laughs> like, how does two people only a street fight chat would have two people that got possession charges in the same kind of that car? is the most street fight chat. That is the most street fight thing I've ever heard. Like, it's so good. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Dune looks fine. People are talking about Dune now. Dune is probably good but also they're gonna make three more dunes and then maybe a dune extended universe just like yeah. i saw today buzz lightyear the movie's coming out and it's not even about a fucking toy it's about the actual buzz lightyear <laughs> which yeah we've we've sort of gotten to the point where like we actually don't like we've forgotten the point of toy story one which is that buzz lightyear is a toy <laughs> and, and buzz lightyear isn't real and they're like but what if like bear with me he was <laughs> it's so fucking weird man it i I don't like to be a guy that's like come up with a new idea, especially because I sort of feel weird about yelling about the movies that get made because I sort of feel bad about yelling about the movies that get made because I see them all. Yeah. Sure. And that is like the fucking other big problem <laughs> is like I I like big budget fucking Hollywood movies. I always sure. have loved big budget fucking action movies from fucking the youngest age from like Beverly Hills cop, you know, but someone and, pointed out with like Eternals, like you watch it and it's like the whole, it was a uh, Yelix. Like if anyone knows Yelix on Twitter, like Alex, Alex, his name's Alex. Like he pointed out, like the thing with those movies now is it doesn't feel like any of the blows are hitting. Like you're not yeah. even getting like the hit that you got from watching something like, like I love big budget action movies too. Like I, I remember like one of the best days of my young life was watching a double feature of Eraser and Independence Day with my friend in theaters. Like this is such a good combo, dude. Like I oh, yeah. absolutely was obsessed with those movies. And it, but like they feel like you're getting hit with the shots, the explosions and stuff. You can feel the impact. With these, it's all like, I don't know. It just it it does it feels like when you say it's like TV, it feels like that, where they're producing too many of them to really emphasize the, like to, to focus on those kind of details. They have to get them out too fast. It's lasers coming out of hands mm -hmm. too, yeah. which is really fucking annoying. And like guys, I mean, that's why I was kind of excited about Shang-Chi, which I haven't right. seen yet. I'm waiting for it to come out. I'm not going to go to the theater to see any of these movies anymore. No really um, reason to. I mean, not during, also it's like, I'm going to get COVID to see Shang-Chi. Yeah. Just dying on a ventilator. You're like, oh, well, at least I did this for a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I've i been to the movies since the pandemic, but it was for Fast 9. 
which yeah. was actually an important movie. That's for me defensible. Yeah, that's like, yeah. <laughs> no, if you didn't see that in the theaters, you'd regret it. But I mean, at least there's fighting in that movie, which I I don't know. Maybe it's good. I I've, I've heard it's good. So yeah, I've heard it's decent. I mean, like, but you're right. Like, there's hand to hand combat. I mean, this is like, but that's what's so weird. Like, it goes back to your point about like choice in the supermarket and stuff like that. Like, it feels like a real crank thing to say, but I think like the way you're saying it is right because like it's not that you don't have choices of stuff. Like, you can still buy all the cookies you bought when you were a kid or whatever. It's not like oh, now that we don't have Ecto Cooler or whatever, everyone's so like everyone is missing out. It's much more like you get these moments where it's like, you're not even asking for a new movie. You're asking like, could this movie involve people punching people instead of like, <laughs> like yeah. you, you like, you know, gods shooting lasers at each other. And it's like, when it happens, you're like, Oh boy, I don't care what it's about or who's in it. Like, it's just, it's weird. It's like, it's like, it's like chip flavors. And that's not like, that's not really how I like to go to go to the movies. When I saw a couple months ago, that they had Cool Ranch Dorito Lay's potato chips. That was when I really hit like critical mass in a way where I just was like, no, make, I don't know. Like I got all excited about the chicken and waffles ones, even though it's like, whatever. I mean, how do you make chicken and waffles powder? But it's like, whatever. But then now it was just another time where they're mixing two flavors together that are already kind of these creations by food scientists. And it, it I don't know why, but that like, it just is one of those things that like really illustrates to me, like, man, we, we are so far away from like the wild west mentality, I guess, of, of <laughs> the past when like me and Brett and Jason and Jake uh, and Rachel, people that work for Street Fight, we all went to the gathering of the Juggalos. Oh, that's sweet. And we were we had like the best fucking time, but it was like the wild west. And as you're standing there and you're seeing people with signs advertising what drugs they have and what prices, and you can get any drugs you want at this thing. And people are lighting off fireworks and people, nobody's fighting, but people are lighting off fireworks. People are getting fucking hammered and, 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 you know, there's no sort of rules around how to act in the pit other right. than, you know, lift people up if they fall like those rules. Yeah, be nice people, to people. Yeah. People were lighting bottle rockets and like shooting them at the stage while <laughs> people were performing and shit. And like, it was truly like a thing where it was like, this doesn't even feel like it should be happening in 2021. Like it's impossible right. that this is happening because everything's so cleaned up. And this thing was this thing that was like not well organized and the police were there, but they weren't busting people at all. They were kind of just watching everything. Just making happen. sure no one got really hurt, right? Like to jump in, like if someone was getting like, was going to die or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they weren't busting people for drugs, which I thought was like crazy because they could have busted every person in there for drugs. I oh, mean, and I mean, yeah, they would have cleared their quotas like instantly. I went in there looking for Xanax and had it had three bars in like 25 minutes. <laughs> it was so easy to get. So that was the that I think that was what was like the big break for me from 
to to look at how controlled things are when you go to a concert in an arena or something like that how cleaned up you don't realize how cleaned up these shows are how how well-oiled machines they are and you know the booze are super expensive at the gathering people were just selling beer for a dollar a piece well yeah and like they're they're like operating at like the very like margins of the market like they're making money but they don't also have to like their setup is a cardboard sign yeah and and i just felt like man it would be written. This is like what it must have been like when you went to a festival in the 70s. It's really yep. what it seemed like to me. Yep. And yeah. it made everything feel so antiseptic after it. I, I haven't been to a concert since, but like I just know the next time I'm waiting in line with my phone in my hand with my e ticket, getting ready to get it scanned and then being ushered into wherever my seat is or wherever the pit is and being told not to move too much. And there's no smoking here and there's none of this and that it's just like, we cleaned every, they cleaned everything up on us and it's, it's super antiseptic now. It's, it's very sad. A little sad. Yeah. And I mean, like people go crazy. No, I mean, honestly, those are the best times. Like I can remember some of the old, uh, festivals i went to like when i was uh, like in my early teens like back in the late 90s like they were still fairly unhinged not like extremely like it wasn't anything crazy necessarily like i don't want to steal valor but like you know it was it, it was like way more un unstructured than now yeah. like i remember i remember i went to go see warp tour in asbury park and everyone was so so thirsty uh, but the water was so expensive. So there was this big like bucket where the water was being kept and it was just like melted, right? Like it was ice that was melted and like floating around with water. People were washing their hair in it and stuff. And I remember like thinking it was the most normal thing in the world. I just started drinking that water. And, like tons of people were just like this gross, like filth water. It's like, guess we better drink this. Like that's a cool thing to do. And like, I can't, can't imagine that. Like that would be so roped off. There'd be no chance, right? Like that's not even something like that. Like a dumb thing you could do as a kid. You're not even given the the ability to do that dumb thing anymore. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is wild. Uh, let's do. Uh, let's do some ask a manager. I've been Ooh, finding excited. these ask a manager like uh, uh, advice columns for employees from from managers, and we've been sort of going through the questions never here's something about street fight we never read the answers <laughs> hey listen like i thought street fight loved managers like i thought this was a real pro manager show well i just like because it's other managers asking the managers <laughs> questions so you get in the mind of these these managers and you're like this is very uh uh this is how they think mm-hmm. so uh let's see here uh People in our office go bonkers over Halloween. Recently, we were encouraged to decorate for Halloween. They they wrote Halloween twice and twice in the first two seconds. And just can't write. That's a that's a normal. They they only can do text to speech. I would take that to mean a little black and orange garland, maybe a plastic pumpkin, right? Well, not hardly. People go (laughs) overboard, and apparently, the only rule was no trip hazards in the aisle. The woman in the 
cubicle next to mine must have emptied out her storage area of Halloween decorations. Now there are gross, bloody looking ghoulish figures hanging from the ceiling above our desk space. There are skeletons with teeth, cobwebs strewn about and figures hanging from uh, uh, and a lifelike bloody head cut off at the neck with facial wounds and hair that appears to be matted with more blood and a plaque with some sort of satanic looking symbol was hung up. Then she brings in a black cauldron that when plugged in emits what looks like smoke gurgles and has neon lighting. There's not a pumpkin in sight. This is such a complaint. You got to be a real fucking complainer to, to get mad about something like that. That dude, like that dude or whoever it was, the person put on the, uh, just put on the, they live glasses, but for like managers to see what the office looks like for normal employees all the time. Like, Oh, there's terrors everywhere. I hate this place. That, I mean, yeah, that, that is what this, well, she says to me, it's very dark and not the atmosphere or space that I wish to spend my day in for weeks. And yet I have no choice. Wow. It, A moment of clarity. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. And it's like, nobody fucking likes the app. I mean, decorating for Halloween is a little quality of life measure that they sometimes give you at work. And then there's somebody already mad about this right you're already decorating with that person in mind too you're like well terry and and financing is going to be so pissed if i put up this pumpkin you have to be like okay am i going to do it or not like that they're already in your head and like to then complain after the fact that sucks yeah she's like this is very disturbing i complained to my manager about the dead people hanging from the (laughs) ceiling and she just said they weren't dead people true though i mean no no points to her that's absolutely correct they are they are simulations of dead people you can't complain about dead people if they're not if they're not real that's that's absurd yeah i can't take the side of a manager usually but she this manager's right about their they're not actual dead people everyone thinks now now here's where we get to the crux of this employee's problem Everyone thinks this person is so cool because she has a lot of decorations and they ooh and ah over it all day long. What is wrong with this picture? This is a large professional corporate office, the finance office for a huge group of physicians, no less. The manager encouraged this and thinks it's just good, great, good spirited fun. And I'm looking around thinking, what's wrong with people? Too late now, but is this even normal? Yes. Oh my God. Everyone thinks they're so cool. And meanwhile, I'm is. keeping I'm keeping the office a professional space that people can be in and work in a normal way. And I'm not cool at all. Yeah, nobody wants God, a professional that space. That rules. A professional so much. space sucks shit. Okay. Yeah, it's awful. It's like again, it's antiseptic. It feels like you're trapped in a place where nothing can ever happen. Yeah. So this is what the the ask a manager person said that that like really really makes me mad uh she said to go to hr because your boss isn't isn't there you got to go to hr about it and it's like this person is going to ruin everything for everybody so yep Yep. don't listen to the manager man oh that sucks yeah Yeah. gonna ruin the day I also got this thing from from the the New York Post because I like looking there for their uh, um, for their advice on financing. 
and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. I read this thing that really bugged me. And uh, I just want to get it out there. Uh, so hungry for financial flexibility, a California man named Dylan shelled out a measly $150 a year to eat every meal at Six Flags Magic Mountain in order to save thousands, pay off his student loan debt, get married, and purchase a house in Los Angeles. You can pay around $150 for unlimited year-round access to Six Flags, which includes parking and two meals a day, Dylan 33 explained to Mel Magazine Monday. If you time it right, you could eat both lunch and dinner there every day. This is a solution for for fucking this is the type of thing i get in my in my google news where they're like have you considered eating all of your meals in an amusement park every day <laughs> it's it's a weird thing right because like on one level i want to be like i agree with you like this is insane like it's an insane thing to be like well i beat the system and all i have to do is eat pudding for every meal for two years and now i have 75 dollars to spend on every meal um on the other hand, like, I can't help but sort of appreciate this guy who sort of was just like, I don't have money for food, <laughs> like, but I know I know how to get money for food. I could eat at the I could eat at Six Flags uh, twice a day, though. That's like, nuts. I mean, twice a day, every day I'm going, I got to go to motherfucking Six Flags so I could <laughs> to eat dinner so that I can pay off my student loans and get get married i guess yeah. i mean it, like it basically like i think if someone told me that i'd be like that sucks like did you like it must have made you feel really sick or whatever and if they were like no nah, man it was cool like it was it was fun like i could see that happening but the moment you get someone being like hey i got a solution for all those people complaining about their student loans here's a little life hack for you then it's nuts then it's like what are you talking about like just like make yourself sick constantly so you know, Joe Biden doesn't have to give us ten thousand dollars to like help pay back student loans. I mean, I really love a guy that like figured out his scam. Yeah, like, scams there's are nothing, great. There's nothing wrong with me for this guy. It is the reporting. Yes. Yeah. That the New York Post does that says like, have you considered That's so maybe messed up. doing something like really weird that nobody will ever understand like <laughs> if you tell people like i paid 109 dollars to get two meals a day or you know it's probably not for every day to get two meals a day at six flags for an entire year then like people nobody's gonna go with you Nobody's yeah. not going to like you as a person. You're going to ruin all. six flags for yourself. I mean, at that point, it may as well just be the food court. Like you're just like, yeah. you're going to go there and like, oh, this was so magical before. But now, like, it does nothing for me to get my like fourth corn dog of the week. Right. Like, I don't even care anymore. Yeah, it's so fucking odd. It is. Oh. I hate this kind of stuff. But the other thing I found in the New York Post that that like really made me excited is uh did it come up on your google news feed i need to know this did not this i oh. had to look for all right, all right it's an opinion piece written by the babylon beat in the new york post so oh, they're on the God. editorial board apparently uh oh. and it is 
the Babylon Bee Guide to Wokeness. And it's a little dictionary from A to A to woke is what it says, because they're not. Oh, sure. wow. You know, I mean, this, you know, it, listen, I, this reminds me a lot of that, that like tricky old, uh, tricky old cute Mark Twain uh, and his uh, skewerings of daily American life. Uh, I can't wait to see where they go with this. Ugh, OK, abolitionism is our first word. That word is, a lot of people say all the time. Yeah. And also like. Like maybe most of the times in history uh abolitionists <laughs> were the good guys it depends on if you're the babylon b i guess <laughs> yeah yeah uh the noble movement to remove all police protection from urban communities and replace it with unarmed anti-racist interpretive dancers so oh. they fucking got us there they man. got me dude like i have always been i like i I love police abolition and you better believe I love interpretive dance. So yeah. like, it's just like, got me. They totally owed me. The goddamn left is out here. Uh, uh, and it's funny because like, I could write this for them yeah. too. Well, like, Jay Moore wrote it in like, like uh, what? Like demolition man. This is just basically Jay Moore's monologue at demolition man, where he's like, <laughs> you know, what's weird about the left. Like what's weird about this place above is like, I let you. I let you watch interpretive dance, but they won't let you fuck. Like it's like, yeah, it's like oh god, you haven't done yet. There's no new jokes. Anti-racism is a word in the anti in, in a woke dictionary, and um, I can't think of any way that being anti-racist is bad. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I love when they do stuff like this because it's like they always say like actually racist. Like, guess what, guys? Like, this is what you do if you want to be racist. You call yourself anti-racist, and you well, just guess like, what? oh, did guess I get what, it? Trev? Yes. The act of judging everyone by skin color in order to defeat racism. Yeah, doesn't work. Doesn't work as a joke. Doesn't work as a definition. Just <laughs> nothing works here. Oh, I love Babylon. these guys so much. They're like, they're, they're like literally are the worst people at telling jokes in history. Like, like even you know, like, even look at people who are like, oh God, like this conservative comedian, whatever. Like, you know, I would rather watch like any conservative comedian. I'd rather watch like the comedians. I like would watch on the Christian channel when I got like super drunk at night in college, they'd be like, oh, you know, Noah coming, coming down thinking, boy, it's getting a little wet. Like that's funnier to me than this guy. Like this is terrible. I they, I think the reason, like, I think people always ascribe anger to conservatives, and that's the reason they're like not funny. And and I don't know that I, I don't know that I feel that way because I'm an incredibly angry man, and I like to think I'm funny. I try to be. I right, well, um, you're funny. You're funny. And I know a lot of other people that I think are very funny that are just full of fucking anger these people are full of like a kind of hopelessness that makes them angry like just they're angry because here's why they're angry because nobody likes them right that is the fucking reason that these people get angry about this is that their beliefs and their views are so fucking odious that well, it's the ask a manager thing again right like it's 
Like literally they're just being like, won't everyone wake up and realize what's going on? Like that's literally every single thing they think all the time. It's just like, can't someone, I hope someone just like comes to their senses. Yeah. Yeah. Why does, Hey, you know, why is this person? And, and like, I might jump on and say, in my mind, like Halloween decorations have gotten more and more rad over the years because they did used to stink when I was a teenager. You know, yeah. you didn't see the gross stuff, but like the gross Halloween's about scaring each other. It's mm -hmm. not about fucking cuteness. It can be no. if if you have a young daughter who. But that's is a afraid. choice you make. Yeah, yes. like that's a choice you make, and like like as a, we both have. I mean. I have a young daughter still, but she's on the edge. You had a young daughter. Like it, you just like, if they're scared, you kind of take them away from that house. They're just yeah. like that house scares you. Okay. Let's go to the other side of the street. It's fine. Mm -hmm. and they'll exactly. be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. But every conservative thing is like, let's consider, let's be reasonable people and consider others. Like, yeah. Damn it. You listen, just want to consider listen. yourself and be the cool person on the street. The next word we got here is anti-fascism. Oh, and uh, another really bad thing. They make Antifa people sound like the coolest motherfuckers that ever <laughs> lived in this whole world. The act of beating people senseless with bike locks to defeat fascism. It's like, bro, if we were doing that, I mean, we would have really won. That's a 90s hardcore album imagery. I love that. Like, like if you if you if you had a band called Bike Lock and the album cover was beating people senseless to end fascism, I would listen to that album right now. That exactly. Rocks. So we got canceling, which is the sacred ritual of shunning those who deny the doctrines of our righteous movement. Shun the non-believer. The cancel stuff is too much now, and I'm going to no. tell you why. Dave Chappelle is not canceled, and it bugs me that. This guy who I think is like was like a very fucking funny guy. Oh yeah, but, Chappelle show is is like I there's nothing funnier than that to me in some ways. Like I can think back to that stuff and just die. Yeah, so there's good, some dude. of the funniest shit I've ever seen was on that show. But him complaining that I mean it generally comes down to like I want to be able to say whatever I want to say, and nobody can ever say anything back to me. Right. And like, I have just, I, I, you know, cause I do comedy, uh, on stage, you know, I, I do live gigs. Like when people find out that's my job, they generally try to slip in a cancel culture question to me. And I'm always just like, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't think people get canceled. And then when they ask why, I'm like, because they're all fucking rich. Yes. <laughs> well, like this whole thing about Kevin Hart, where he's like, Kevin Hart lost his dream of hosting the Oscars. It's like, was that his dream? Like, wasn't his dream like being in a million movies and never having to work again? Like, isn't that Kevin Hart's dream that he got and he's fine? Like, who yeah. cares, dude? Oh, we got a good one for you here, Trev. I'm Capitalism. So What's <gasps> the definition of capitalism? Uh, well, okay, so Marx describes capitalism as a system wherein, uh, by being dispossessed of the means of production, uh, people uh, essentially have to sell their surplus labor in order to survive, which leads to exploitation by the, by the uh, ruling class. 
Actually, no, it's a system in which people freely exchange goods and services. The evilest system that has ever been invented. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. The free, the free exchange, the classic, that's such a unicorn, man. It's such like a, you know, like if we did it right, it'd be the free exchange. I just like, oh, you just imagine like a rainbow coming across the sky. Oh, God. I fucking love goods and services so much. And oh. like, I like trading them and shit like that. It's the best. I get so mad when someone says, hey, don't buy this good and or service. Um, and then I just like, I think about how cool it is that I can do it. Yeah. Climate justice. Oh, God. Uh, the act of living in mud huts and eating bugs until the cancer of humanity is extinguished and Mother Gaia can live on. Also, any tax can be considered climate justice. So wow, that's something. like they did. They did the I won't live in the pod. I won't eat the bug thing. And then they just like threw taxes in there. They're like, I don't know if the Mallard Fillmore audience is ready for this. Let's like <laughs> let's hit them. Let's hit them good. Okay, I got, I'm going to kill you here because they have the definition of communism here, too. Okay, hit me, hit me. This was something that Marx didn't really describe fully. It's been like a real point of contention. So I'm thinking maybe the Babylon Bee is going to help us out a little bit. Basically, it's loving people and sharing with them, just like the Care Bears taught. It's the greatest system ever invented. Fine. <laughs> Can't argue. <laughs> Okay. Why argue with that? You could literally like you could if you were like if you were trying not to be arch, which they're trying and failing to be, you could say like it's the system just as Jesus taught us. And then like, what would they say to that? They'd say like, well, (laughs) oh, uh, (laughs) that's not really what he did. Like, we're trying to own you. You can't do that. Like, it's so bad. (laughs) Equity is when everything is fixed and everyone is happy and all the problems just go away. Just give us power and we'll give you equity. So, wow. Yeah. 1984 is a great novel to read, but recently it has felt like it has become a daily reality. That's true. That's yeah, true. That's true. Uh, so I'm going to hold on to this. Oh, you got to finish the uh, next episode. There's so many hundreds of them, but I don't I want you. I don't want you to through here. Yeah. Please don't skip any. These are, these are too what about problematic. Whatever we don't like today is problematic. This can change from day to day. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> it's like, it's such an insane thing. It's such an insane standard to be like, yeah, uh, the left can change what they think is problematic, but we always know what's good and bad. And it can be like, is slavery bad? It's like, well, it, it was a while ago, but like it, it wasn't a while ago, but it is now. <laughs> Just like changing your mind is now too woke. Like learning yes. something is too woke. It's so sweet. Such a well, good world. Trev, tell them where to find you. Yeah. Where no. to get the book. And I'm, then uh, we and then you got here. You got to watch wrestling. Uh, I, I know, I'm going to tell you all that stuff. And you got to tell me then what's the match you're looking forward to most tonight. Um, so I'll, you, I'll let you think about that. But uh, so I am at Hagelbon on Twitter. Uh, I did that one Stephen A tweet. You might know that one. Uh, that's how I think most people know me, but I also have a podcast called no cartridge. That's about video games and sort of like conversations like the one Brian and I just had. Um, I think Brian, Brian was on a long time ago, but we got to get him back on, uh, there's Patreon stuff like that. If you like it, there's, there's more and more and more Chapo guys, et cetera. Um, but most importantly, now I have a book that's releasing on November 15th called story mode. You can find it anywhere. You can find it on Amazon if you want, or if you're out of the country uh, of, of the United States, that's a good way of doing it. But if you uh, don't want to uh, buy something from Amazon, it's at Powell's and bookshop.org and really anywhere. You can ask for it at your local bookstore. That's a good way of getting me copies uh, sold. But yeah, no, uh, I, I would love it if you if you bought a copy. I think you'd really like it. Uh, a lot of fun, like 
dumb stories about like old advertising and stuff like that in there that like in some ways really really borrowed a lot from from what I from what I learned tonally from listening to Street Fight. Oh, thank you. It's and true. The, the match I think I'm looking most forward to is the Dark Orders 10 versus John Moxley because it's just going to be a squash and he's going to beat the crap out of a guy. Nice. And it's is this very funny? AEW? Yeah. Yeah. That's oh. the only shit I watch. Now. Oh, there's no reason to watch anything else. They're killing it. Yeah. All right. Great. Gotta let me know Peace. how it goes. Peace. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Peace. Thank you. Get it all right now if you want.
pistol, I warned you You know who forever belong to Reflecting my eyes and the image of reflecting mine Survive, survive